Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 55. Really uh, ramping up the numbers now. Um, just quickly before I introduce today's guest, I'm going to do the same disclaimer that I've done for the last two or three podcasts. Still at mum and dad's house, still have the grandfather clock up there, um, still have the potential that a B&B guest might come say hello, my mum and dad might walk in, the cats might come and annoy me. Um, it's, it's much easier in your flat at home when you have nothing, nothing to trouble you. But we, we can get that out of the way first. Um, today, we have... Somewhat of a TikTok superstar, uh, which we will get into later. Um, Katie, if you'd like to say hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for having <laughs> me on. This is brilliant. Before we get on into another excellent episode of the R2 cast, I would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today, The Scottish Farmer. A weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the Scottish agricultural industry. Whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry. The Scottish farmers got it for you. Not at all. Um, you have been someone I'd quite like to have on for some time. I've been a follower for quite some time on the old TikToks, uh, which is an app that is um, too addicting, it must be said. Yeah, I uh, agree. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just watch videos of how to shuffle dance all the time, and I've never actually tried it. I just constantly watch yeah. how to do it. <laughs> actually learn um so yeah it's a weird old place tiktok but we'll get into tiktok later on in the conversation um it is great we've got yourself and millie here to talk over the story mm. of katie shanahan um so it's going to be good fun but katie could you tell us a bit about where you're from are you from a farm or are you not from a farm so my name is katie i am 26 and i'm from down south in ireland in a place called county cork uh, so I do live on a farm. I'm the same as you. I'm currently at home. So disclaimer as well, anyone could walk in or any dog could come in as well. So uh, that's another disclaimer I'm going to say. <laughs> so <laughs> I live here with my family. We have sheep, we have cattle, horses, dogs. We have a bit of everything here. So um, I've farmed and done everything agricultural related my entire life. So that's that's me in a nutshell, really. So it's it's not you know it's not new to be in farming that sort of thing. It's something you've always been around. Um, could you tell us about you said sheep, cattle, horses, dogs? Could you tell us a bit about it in a bit more detail? Yeah. So um, we have just commercial cattle. So we would have always done um, you know, breeding cows and calving them down, and all beef cattle is what we have, and um. We're gone a lot into more buying kind of young stock, buying weanlings and things like that and finishing them off. So we do a bit of that as well. And then in terms of sheep, um, we have a, we have two flocks. So we have the commercial flock there, you know, the store lambs and things each year. And but we also started a pedigree Charlie flock. Um, so we got into them a few years ago. Um, they're a breed that suit. Um, we live in kind of lowland areas. So they thrive well here in sheltered, you know, plenty green grass for them. Um, so we've been building up that flock um, steadily over the last few years. And we're actually this week getting ready. We have our big um, premier sale for the lambs. So we're taking you kind of select your best of what you've bred um, this season. So we're, we're currently now I've been washing and. You do about a few washes, you know, to get them nice and clean. As you can imagine, sheep aren't the cleanest animals, especially with all that wool. So um, we're busy, busy with that this week. And we'll be heading off to Blessington to the premier sale on Friday. So all excitement here. 
And I feel like washing sheep, they always, you get them immaculate and then they somehow manage to find the one bit of dirt that was somehow there that you never even knew was there. Exactly. <laughs> and especially because they're white as well. And they just, see, and it's in this, we have, we have beautiful weather today and they always find, you know, the patch of dusty dirt and just lie in it for coolness. And the, yeah, that's when, you know, your heart would sink and you're trying to hold your tongue, but uh, it could be tough, but we'll, we'll get there. You wouldn't be sheep farming if you weren't ready for some kind of disappointment like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I agree. Now, I like to try and do a bit of research, and if this is wrong, that's going to be embarrassing, but I think it's right. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Premier Sale. Am I right in saying you were used reserve champion at that a couple of years ago? We were. So, um, do you know, like when you get into a pedigree breed, it tends to, you mightn't get any sort of... Um, prize that big in your lifetime of you know breeding them or whatever but um we've been at it a handful of years now and um last year one of our ram actually got reserve champion ram lamb of the show so we were absolutely shocked you know there's such a high standard of lambs at the sale and you know breeders that have been doing it for generations so to be up there with them when we're this is our you know we've only gone to a few of those sales and uh, we were absolutely delighted so you know, the, the standard is there and, you know, we're, we, we were up so high last year. Now the pressure is on for this year, but um, it was an honour to get such a high prize last year. You know, you, you mightn't get that ever again, but um, fingers crossed now for us this weekend. You've, you've certainly got a good sort of like outlook <laughs> on it. Like you hit reserve champion this year. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to this year. That still isn't a bad Definitely thing. Definitely not. But, you know, yeah. yeah it, but that's, it's a that's great... the thing with showing any sort of animal or showing anything in general, you know, it's, it's one man's opinion and, you know, even different farmers have different opinions on what they like or what's better or what's, you know, what should win or what should come last. So these things can change even weekly, not even every year. So you have to kind of keep it real. Well, this is it. And and you, and it's, I think that's a thing that some people forget about some kind of judged competition. It's not an objective thing. It's objective mm. to a point, but it's very much what... Yeah. And and neither the beholder isn't it? Um, yeah. And I think some people get a wee bit caught up in that. They're like, no, but it's better for you. Like, yes, in your opinion, but you know. Um, yeah. Could you tell? We've got quite a lot of um, sheep, <clears throat> sheep farming. No sheep following. No sheep farming followers. That was really hard for me to get my head around. Um, could you tell us what they're judged on? Maybe not specifically, but even some parts. Uh yeah. So like as, again, you know, breeds tend to differ um, on what you prefer what you like but for say I suppose Charlie's in general you're looking at their teeth you know you want to make sure that they're in everything's in line you're looking at their hind quarters nice muscle presentation nice kind of a, a flat square um confirmation kind of it's you know it, it goes across the board for a lot of different animals and breeds but definitely with sheep things differ and then you know, in the different breeds of sheep, you're looking at their wool um, because, you know, when we're prepping them now all week, um, we're conscious of the fact of protecting their wool and making sure they have a nice tight coat and just things like that. You like this preparation isn't all on the day. It's literally starting from now. <clears throat> you're using special products to make sure you don't interfere with their wool and things like that. So uh, we're constantly worried about having everything perfect from weeks in advance even just when they're born you know you know which are the the lambs from very early on are the lambs you're going to be bringing to a sale like this weekend it's, it's a potentially expensive animal so even even yeah. forgetting welfare and everything for a second yeah even purely financially um do you use like any any blooms like any wool color 
or yeah yeah um biscuit bloom would be a color that so we 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 did have other brands but then they started to go out off the market and things like that so um we've been trialing out our own things we even you know go so far as trying to use um colors that are already existing powder colors and sometimes we've even um my brother and myself like to do a bit of trial and error and we've added in like certain things like coffee to make it darker and we love experimenting to try and get a color that we like specifically <laughs> the rainbow charlies of course <laughs> exactly yeah yeah um the 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 did you say it was a top lamb that was reserve champion? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah what, does, did it go on to sell well? Did that help in that regard? Yeah. He, yeah. Like, see, this is the thing. It can be, you know, a lot of people's like farmers now that are there to buy the rams at the sale. Sometimes they don't take any notice in, you know, how well a lamb does or not because different farmers are there for different reasons. You have your farmer who's there to buy the best bloodline or you know progeny and things like that and you're, you, there's there could be farmers there who are just looking for a nice well-built charlie for their commercial flock so just because something gets you know reserve champion or champion of the show doesn't mean they're necessarily going to get the high price I've, I've often seen lambs not get in the top five or the top 10 and go on to make one of the highest prices so um I, I'm not going to lie, it obviously did help his price in the ring and we were very, very happy with the price. But um, that's not always the case. And I think that's something that um, people tend to not get carried away with the showing side of things. It's more, you know, people there looking at it, at the ram because we'll go actually go up the day before the sale. So there's a chance for other breeders and things to walk around and you're looking at everything. So we have a good look before anything enters any sale ring. So that's good. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And the yeah. you sort of said earlier, uh, Charlie, because you're on sort of lowland ground, but there's obviously alternatives for lowland ground types of stuff. Why the Charlie? Um, we, I suppose, when we were in commercial anyways, we did have a lot of Charlie crosses and Dad would have bought Charlie rams and things like that. And we just like how they're, you know, well-built, nice, thick um, sheep and... Um, we find them easy enough to manage um, extremely easy lambing, things like that. Um, you can get a good price for them, whether it's commercial farmers or pedigree farmers. And they just tend to work well for us here. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're very lucky. We do we do have then we would buy like pedigree and Suffolk rams and things like that for our commercial flock. But um I wouldn't be massive into them myself. I just find anytime there is a Suffolk cross lamb or anything like that, it's the lambing side of things is tough and they're slow to get up and they're dopey little things. But um, I find the Charlies nice and lively and um, we just took a shine to them. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm not in farming directly. Well, I'm in farming, but I'm not farming directly anymore. And we've got Texos at home and I was always a Texo loyal because they'd been around <clears> since I was 14 or whatever. Um, but the more shows I go to and the more I see, I'm becoming quite fond of the Charlie. You know, that sort of, mm-hmm. I'd, like you say, a big animal, not a ridiculously massive head that's going to cause problems yeah. with that. Um, yeah, no, that there's something quite appealing to them. So so I, I yeah. totally get why. I totally get why. Um I read somewhere, I can't remember if it was, did you do an article with the, the Irish Farming Journal? No. Uh, I did, yeah. 
Yeah, I think yeah. I think I read, I read something with you anyway, and, and I read that you're interested in sort of looking at um, French bloodlines. Now, Charlie is obviously French. Uh, French. Is, yeah. is is there a is there a specific bloodline you're already looking into, or just would you like to go to, to where they're from? Um, well, we did actually import some French yos this year. Um, there was a sale on out there, and it was all kind of done online and everything. Obviously, with COVID and everything like that. Um, it stopped us kind of being able to actually go out there ourselves but we did import um, a lamb and a hogget so and we would have a few kind of older yos as well that are French bred so um, that's all very exciting and their lambs are you know they you, you'd know the difference all right they're a different type of Charlie compared to the Charlies we'd have here you know they're they'd be even their wool is different you know you'd see the comparison the tight wool to the more um, hairy woolly type sheep so it's funny and even you know even some of their heads would be uh, more darker compared to the ones here so it's funny when you see like the same breed but different countries or different bloodlines would have such an influence on them so and that would be quite, quite happy with the ones that have come from france then yeah yeah very yeah. very happy so um it'll be exciting to see how their lambs even develop on as the months go go on this year. You mentioned right at the start, when, <laughs> I tell you what, if there's folk that are listening that are into Charlie's or sheep, they're in for a treat because this is 15 minutes of pure Charlie's at the minute. Um, this is great. <laughs> yeah. you, you mentioned earlier about, um, asked what you were looking for in that animal and uh, you mentioned about the wool. Is that purely for, um, you know, keeping them warm or are you looking at selling that product as well? Is there a market for wool where you are or is it, not at all no no not at all like you know some people and as as well when I'm in the social media world you will get the the haters or the activists you know trying to say oh you know shearing the poor animal is cruel and all this and you know you're only doing it for your own benefit and I I wish they could see us shearing this year because um you know as well when you plan something like shearing the shearers are so busy you have to do it on that day and it was I think the worst day we had this year so we had to bring everything back into sheds that had been cleaned out after lambing and everything was clean bring everything back in the day before to keep them dry for the shearer shear you know over a hundred animals and then having to keep them in again don't they get pneumonia or anything like that and sure the, the wool is probably still outside there in the, the ton bag that we put it into that day but nothing is is you know you're paying you, you pay a shearer per animal so we're paying it and sure we don't get a cent for the wool back so it's completely for their benefit it's we don't get anything out of it unfortunately yeah, and it's it's a, it's a shame. I've spoke a few times with this because wool is a product that's naturally occurring. It's fifty percent fifty percent carbon. It's something you could use for um, insulation. It can't mm-hmm. be used for insulation because I think I'm right in saying that is it new builds want to be eighty percent vegan or some, some some figure vegan, which meant that that high wool content couldn't be used as insulation. That's yeah. that was certainly a thing I heard in England. Now whether that's whether that's the same with you guys, whether it's the same here, whether that's still a thing, I don't know, but. It's just there's no money, no money in wool. Yeah. And I, you said you're not even getting a cent for it. It just, no. for those of you listening to understand <laughs> actually, you know, what Katie's saying there, we sold last year 1,300 kilos, so 1.3 tons, and we got all of 12 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, less yeah. than a penny. We're, we're talking slightly different currencies here, but they're very similar um, at the minute. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, just no money in it, and we're paying. I don't know what you're paying, Katie. But we pay about one fifty, I think it is, a one pound fifty, so about one pound seven, one euro seventy, I guess. Uh, yeah. Per sheep. Um, we're yeah, we're closer to the two, I'd say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think any of us dispute that fee. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> completely deserved. Um, they, do, they do a great job, in fairness. So uh, it's definitely well earned money for the hardest day's work you'll ever do. Hundred <laughs> percent. Have you ever done much shearing? Have you done? No, 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 no. I we actually there was one my own yo know, with the day we were bringing at the day before we were bringing them in. It was really bad weather as well, and she had like sunken herself into the into the trees, and I didn't see her, so um she was left. So she, there was only one left to shear the next day. I I was like, God, and we never sheared her. I didn't see her go through at all. And I went back out to the field and she was still there with her lambs. So we had I tackled her myself. But whatever way it turned out now, I don't know. But she's happy anyway, nice and cool. <laughs> will do. No, it's, yeah, well, well done. It's, it's not a, an easy task. I've done, I, no. I think I've done the right old number of 17 ever. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> leave it well, to that's the That's more than me. So well done. <laughs> I know some of them have done 40 an hour. So, you know, I've, I've basically yeah. done the equivalent of a half hour's work uh, in my yeah. entire life. Um, looking looking away from the pedigree side, Katie, the, the commercial flock, the commercial sheep flock, what, what are you running there? Um, so we have a mixture. We'd have um, Suffolk's, we have Suffolk Cross Charlie's, um, to have a few Texels, and then we cross the Charlie with the Texels. Um, so we kind of have a real generous mix of animals. And what we do then is each year we kind of buy on the ram side of things, we'd have a Charlie ram, We'd have Suffolk ram, Texel ram. Um, so they tend to kind of be divided amongst the flock then. And uh, we'd have a nice mixture. So um, any good yo then or we tend to retain then for the following year. So I have a few pets that have stayed on as well. And they lambed down for the first time this year. So uh, very exciting stuff altogether. It's a great feeling that I don't know. I assume you do. Do you follow Joanne Devani? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Spencer, I thought you were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she's got that one yo that's it's in twins every year for five years now or something like that. Um, oh yeah. And followed it. I think it's brilliant. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good no, one. It's I know funny. Been... My my I have two, so I have two pets, and nearly everyone that follows me knows them. So they're Polly and Dolly, and they were born. Um, what year are we now? They were last year lambs, and um, so Polly is a Charlie cross Suffolk and. Dolly is a Charlie so I put them in lamb to a Charlie so they'd have nice easy lambings as hoggets so Polly had one and um, Dolly had one so it was nice and easy lambing you know I was happy that they both had the one but it's funny like Dolly is kind of Polly sorry is the Suffolk you can tell she's a bit of a Suffolk she has no interest half the time in me you know she'll come and go when she whenever she wants whenever it pleases her dolly then is a bit more affectionate and when actually when she did lamb i was there and she was in complete shock she literally saw the lamb and just walked over and sat by me and like didn't want she was just staring at the lamb for, from a distance as if to say what the hell is this you know, i'm still a baby myself and it took her about two days to warm to the lamb but thankfully she took it in the end but um Pure, my dad was giving out to me saying it was my fault that she's pure pet behavior going on there with the new lamb that she didn't want to at all. <laughs> but she's a great, she turned into a fabulous mother. So all, all good at the end. 
it's always good to have a mum or dad there uh, lo- looking down at your decisions until they go right. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. You've, you've really um, shot yourself in the foot with giving them names so similar, get mixed up between Polly and Dolly. And I assume Dolly <laughs> the sheep uh, is, is going to cause some problems as well. Uh, yeah. Maybe she'll become more famous than the other Dolly. <laughs> oh, imagine. Well, my dad, he calls them both Dolly anyway because he can't even, he doesn't know the difference either. It's so funny, but... <laughs> He's just as mad about them as I am. So, well, that's it. Anyway. Dads like to pretend sometimes they don't like them as yeah. much. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He likes them uh, when it comes to moving them because all he has to do is call call the two pets and they'll come and sure where one sheep goes, they'll all go. So they just follow him on through the gap and down the road and happy out. <laughs> nice, nice and easy that way. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm basing quite a lot of this interview on, on that uh, farming journal thing from what I'm picking up in my mind. Uh, have I, am I right in saying I've heard you talking about you're interested in a uh, moat, like your uh, um, embryo transfer? If you... Yeah, so that is something we hope to do, um, you know, as we kind of start to purchase the more expensive yos and things and import things from England or for France. We'd love to... Um, just basically focus as much as we can on the good breeds and even to um buy more commercial yos or yos like you know a mule or something like that that would be a great mother and put all these embryos into the likes of them and you'd have obviously then a lot more good um stock out of just normal yos and um because sometimes the the care that goes into the charlies they can be very temperamental animals you know, their hooves wouldn't be the best. Um, they need a lot of care in terms of feeding, you know. Um, you know, even now we're kind of looking after them because in the next few months we'll be heading back into the whole swing of breeding and everything and, you know, getting them all organized for that over the next few months. And um, because, as you know, Charlie's kind of, they'd be early lambing. They'd be usually from January onwards. Um, so that won't be long coming when we're flat out of that again. So. Um, it would probably be nice to have less Charlie O's, but still have your your good lambs at the end of it. So you'll be putting the tops out next month, and is that right? What month are we now? August, September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. start, but um, we do. We'll be doing some. You know, we we like to um do a bit of AI as well with right. our own rams that we have here, so that we'll we'll try and condense the lambing as much as we can because um. Sometimes when it's dragged out, I'm sure, you know, it can be absolutely draining. So even if we had, um, you know, a right shot of it for a short few weeks rather than it dragging out, because we tend to split the pedigrees from the commercials. We do the commercials a lot later then. But uh, that means we're just lambing for a lot of months. <laughs> so are you, will you have your sort of your pedigrees in that January time and then your commercials more into March? Or is yes, March well, some, some of the... Um, some of the commercials we will do early so that we have nice lambs then for um, Easter time. We do we do a good shot of Easter lambs, but the majority of them then will be kind of March, April, that kind of time. Yeah. More more normal time and not freezing. Normal, from- <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that means then we're just lambing everything. And because they're Charlies and they're as soft as butter, you're doing everything inside for months. So it's hard work for a lot of months but um <laughs> no sure it's worth it in the end <laughs> oh that's it that's it that's it and, and much success with the ai 
uh yeah yeah very good yeah. we've done it for we've done it a, a bits and pieces for um a few years but we tend to just either use use kind of we only take from the best ram so like last year now we bought a ram at the premier sale last year ram lamb so um we just that's what we tend to do really just from one ram as opposed to and we only do we might just pick kind of the best of the o's to have all them in a cluster together at the start yeah yeah no, no, good. and moving on to to the beef side uh tell us a bit about that did you say you're buying young stock and then you're fattening them yeah um, so what, what age buy to buy kind of weanlings maybe around 300 kilos kind of around that age and uh, that weight and um, we tend to have a lot of um, limousines uh charlies things like that uh, my dad is fond of the limousines, so they tend to win out um, over him. And we'd have a few um, suckler cows then as well that we'd be breeding. But uh, we kind of got away. From, we, we used to have just all cows and that's all my father used to do. But he was in a horse racing accident, so his he kind of completely smashed his whole leg. So as you can imagine, calving uh, crazy beef cattle isn't the... The easiest job in the world so we downsized in that an awful lot and got into more sheep then but um no definitely we do I do enjoy the the raising the young stock side of things as well it's nice to you know buy them when they're young and see the development of them throughout the year or two or whatever you have them for so that's huge like that as as about two years you'll normally have them for yeah so we actually did something completely new last year was buy um beef dairy um bullocks and we've got them as calves and we got how many of them we only got like 12 of them it was kind of just a little my brother manages a dairy farm and he just landed home with 12 of them so between us all we were you know something completely new I would have never been feeding milk to calves at all so that was something new and I actually really enjoyed it and now they're all you know they're all pushing on in weight and I actually only put up a few videos on them recently changing them you know I was dosing them you know routine things like that and changing them onto fresh fresh grass and it's not till like I see them there and I look back on videos when I first got them and they were you know tiny little calves only a few weeks old so um it's nice then when you're able to see how far along they've come and Hopefully, you know they'd make good money then when the time comes for them to move on. So it's it's good to see a market for that for that male dairy yeah. calf. Um, yeah. Is is it illegal to shoot where you are? Shoot dairy uh, Shoot which now? Well, like shoot the 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 bull calves that just have no no use. Oh yeah, I I, I think so. Yeah. Think so, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's only <laughs> yeah. just I think. It was last october that became illegal here in scotland it's quite oh, really recent, as yeah, far as i know now again i'm not dairy farming myself for sure yeah, yeah, yeah i wouldn't really be up to date but i i have never ever heard of it or never thankfully never ever seen something like that so i would be confident enough in saying i don't think so <laughs> that's 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 good to hear it's good to hear yeah um you mentioned your dad unfortunately was in a, in a horse racing accident um you, you guys are involved in horses more than just having a horse, aren't you? Do you breed horses? Yeah, so um, we, yeah, we used to breed them, but now as we've all getting older, we all do a bit of, um, you know, cross-country hunting and things like that. And um, 
that's always something we've done both my parents come from kind of horsey backgrounds as well and so it was something we were kind of born into as well all my uncles and aunties would be heavily into it and my brother was out foreign um horse racing and it's just a thing we've grown up with and kind of kept as a hobby and passion so it's it's nice to have a mixture you know here on the farm when everything is done we all we could you know Christmas day here we all tack up and we have kind of a mountainous area up behind and go off for a spin or St. Stephen's Day or you know New Year's Day is a big thing around here everyone goes off um kind of cross-country um hunting so definitely big around these parts. That sounds, that sounds like quite a communal good crack time you yeah know? good crack is right yeah and pardon my absolute lack of knowledge on this but what are you hunting um so sometimes it's um fox hunting with actual dogs and then a lot of the time it's just trail hunting because right. that's kind of becoming more and more illegal <laughs> so right, okay. um oh, yeah. anything anything official is always kind of just either horses um on a trail kind of set out course that you follow just follow the person ahead of you and you. there's a leader in front yeah that's generally the 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 rule around these parts but there still is a few um fox hunting clubs and things scattered around ireland that would be very big still yeah for sure for sure no i have yeah. i've seen i've seen that on youtube about here and there um i hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2 cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Now, we've sort of went over what the farm is at home. Um, and first off, Millie has been amazing. <laughs> Millie, she loves her sleeping, so... She will not budge. If if I'm here, and especially because I'm sitting on my bed here, this is where she's happiest, on my lap asleep. <laughs> it certainly seems that way. I mean, she's been out for the count the whole time. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think I'm right in saying this. Again, I think this is based on following you and also a bit of um, oh, a bit of that article. Uh, working on the farm is not the full-time job. Am I right in saying that? No, um, nope. I just, I literally just pay my way around here in the farm, earn my keep, as dad says. Um, so this is just because I live here is all the farming side of things. But I am a social care worker. So I work with people with special needs and things like that. Yep. And I also have my own Irish dancing school. So busy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I also have my own Irish dancing school. Just throw that in. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so t- tell us about that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so, well, again, like the majority of Irish people, anyways, I can definitely speak for in some part of your life, whether it's, you know, in primary school growing up or the local hall, you're dragged to Irish dancing lessons. So I was one of them children and so were my three brothers, but we all absolutely enjoyed it. We, you know, we really excelled at it. Um, So I danced all my life and my brothers did as well with the Kylie Walsh Academy. They're based in Cork as well. And um, so they're they would be a, a world renowned school. Everyone would they you know they'd be well known around. And um, so now I I've teached with them for a few years. So I'm now working with the man who taught me since I was about three. So I help him out um bits and pieces, and then I have my own school down home in West Cork. So 
kind of traveling around to the local halls to all the kids. And um, we actually have, it's very big in Ireland um, in the next week, when is it, the 5th of August. Yeah, the um, Flakiol, so the All-Ireland Flakiol Naharan. So it's basically like the All-Ireland competition. So the final of like um, traditional Irish music and dancing. So um, I have a few teens in that, all my little kids. So they're all, that's where I was this evening. I'm only back now um, doing a few um, lessons with them, but you can imagine all the excitement for them. So it's all building now and everything's going. So That sounds brilliant. And let, let mm. me just try that. Did you say Fiat Yol de Heaven? No, that was my, <laughs> no, I definitely did. That's not what you said then, according to that. <laughs> so it's Fla. Okay. Kyol. Yep. No. Heron. Flacule na Heron. That was miles off <laughs> the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. What does that so, translate to in English, roughly? Um, It's basically, Heron is Ireland, and then the Flacule is, what's Fla? Music Competition of Ireland, basically. Right, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah so, kind of music festival. For sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pr- pretty busy all in then. You certainly keep your time um, fill- filled. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I'm never, ever sitting down. Like, even to sit down and do this podcast, I might, I'd say my dad is like, where is she now? <laughs> she <laughs> Why should is she be out nothing? here. Yeah, she should be out here. I can see him. He's actually going into the field there in front of me with the cow box on. So I'd say he'll be looking for me for jobs now for the evening. <laughs> Um, well, I won't. I won't hold you too much longer. Um, no, don't worry. Have, have, have you ever been involved in Young Farmers or not? Um. Well, so the kind of equivalent here in Ireland would be Macra. Um, okay. So that's yeah. So Macra is basically like Young Farmers. So um, I think it's anyone under the age of thirty-five. I think eighteen to thirty-five. Um. So there's clubs kind of scattered all around through each um part of each county. Um, I am a member this year now because I have like three jobs I'm not a very good active member any evening they seem to meet up I'm either teaching dancing or um, at my social care job or stuck here in the farm so um, I am a member but unfortunately not a very good one <laughs> not over involved not over involved <laughs> it sounds like you've got plenty of excuses for, for that yes yes um, now, the reason I've got in touch with you, Katie, is uh, obviously you've appeared on my FYP many a time. Um, now, a, a lot of you listening, I'm sure, maybe the younger generation, maybe the older, I know a few folk that are addicted to it at 50 and 60, uh, use yeah. TikTok. Um, there's some big farming accounts out there. We've had one of them on before, with Ginger Louise, on um, back, I think that was R2Cast 28, uh, back, back in January. And I can't remember, this is 50... Yeah, so last week we also had another TikToker in Charlotte Ashley, uh, Charlotte Ashley Farms. Oh, yeah. um, but Katie, you've got it's about 120,000 followers on there. Uh, Not far off it. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, it's one, 118, I think it was. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a phenomenal amount, right? Yeah. Uh, did you start TikTok to become famous or did something happen on TikTok that made it blow up? What happened? So like... Before I had joined, I didn't even know what it was. Now, I had heard of people using it, but I wouldn't be a massive, um, obviously I am now, but before then I wouldn't have been a massive social media person. 
So um, it was actually COVID. Um, we got COVID in our house in uh, 2020, I suppose it was. And um, back then here in Ireland, you couldn't go five kilometers from your house. You couldn't leave your house, but if you needed to go somewhere, it had to be within five kilometers. And as, if you can imagine, five kilometers from your house when you're living in the middle of nowhere is literally to the last field you own. So like, you know, uh, we were basically locked in our houses for two weeks. And that was the time back then you had to isolate. So um, I have a busy house. I have three brothers. Um, my One of my brother's girlfriend was living with us as well because she was locked in because she was a contact. My parents, everything. It was busy lambing season. It was January time. So we were flat out anyways. So um, again, I up until this point, I wasn't as active on the farm as I used to be. You know, I, I was busy working. And then when I was at home, I kind of had the mindset of just coming inside. So when we were locked in, I could do nothing, only get outside and get onto the farm because I couldn't stick being inside any longer. So I started getting up earlier. Um, I was living a lot more healthier because I was getting up early, going outside, doing a bit of work. And whatever happened in those two weeks just kind of changed my life. Um, I fell back in love with farming. I enjoyed every second of it. I used to be excited to wake up in the morning, be busy all day. We were all working as a family, so it was really, really nice. You know, we were all helping each other. Um, lambing was flat out, so we were all taking turns at night, things like that. And then I just downloaded TikTok for the crack and um, posted a few videos kind of because that was that busy horse hunting season. So mm -hmm. made a few collages of things I had on my phone. Um, again, had no concept of what viral was. I was just like, oh, look, it has 20,000 views. That's so cool. And I didn't realize that that was a lot, you know, or whatever. And so I kept posting anyway, because we were in lockdown for two weeks, kept posting random videos. Then I started doing a few farming ones and they just absolutely took off. You know, people really loved that. And they loved because I tend to just post kind of what I'm doing this day or every day kind of videos or, you know, just things, random things like that. And whatever comes to mind on that given day, I just record and post and they just did really, really well. And it wasn't until I started kind of more getting in touch with the app and following other people that I was like, oh, hold on a second. That's a lot of views to be getting. So I just kind of stuck with it. And then I suppose it was kind of maybe six months later, then I created the Instagram and that was kind of the same thing. It took off as well. And it was just really kind of overwhelming and exciting, but very, very fun. And I enjoyed it and I enjoyed sharing my story on, in the process. It's, it's Social media is weird. Like the way it just, it can just blow up. I mean, over a tenth of a million people follow you. You know, like that's, I know. that's um, was Was it, obviously that's what, that's what, where are we, July. So about 18 months later, um, was did you hit did you fly up to 100k or what happened did it just slowly um, hit there or it was it was slow like you'd be slow for ages because you know a lot of people would have like 2000 followers you know a lot of my normal normal friends like friends who don't do it would have you know they could have a thousand or they could have two yes. it, it kind of it, it started getting you you'd build them fast enough and i think i, I might have been slow enough getting to 10 
and then you might have a viral video like some videos of mine have gotten like you know uh three or four million views and then you could get like twenty thousand followers in a few days or you know it could be like nothing then for a few weeks and then you might get another five thousand in an, in a week so like it comes and goes but um I suppose I got to a hundred thousand within the year and I got to 10,000 on Instagram within the year. So that was, um, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. They're, they're pretty mental figures. Can, just, you mentioned a few there that had got a few million views. Can you, can you think what some of those were or were they just, Oh, know? like they are literally the stupidest. <laughs> like, I mean, I could put some effort and really want to like show knowledge on like, you know, um dosing or like routine checks or it could think of something really fancy that'd be like oh yeah this is cool now and it could get like you know maybe 10 or twenty thousand views and that's still obviously really really good but then like one video it was like a trending sound um it's i don't know if you know the sound and i don't know if i'm allowed to swear on this it was like um the sound was it was like a pause and then a voice that said how the fuck did he not die? That was the yes, sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I and I so what I did was I literally all my um all the cattle were in the field and I just literally jumped the electric wire was running down a, a, along them and I just kind of hopped over it and then panned back to the cow going, How the fuck did he not die? And that <laughs> got like four million views. And I was like, What the hell? Like it was the most random video I did just when I was literally checking the cattle that day. It took like I'd say 10 seconds to make and it gets that many stupid views. And then like you could you could really want to do like I'm making a video at the moment after washing, you know, today I washed the O for the sale today. And um wanting to do a really nice cool video with her now and showing everyone how I get the 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 oil ready for the, the prepping of the sale and that could like flop then like and then you do something so random or so stupid and it gets but that's just that's TikTok anyways and that's social media. <laughs> so so many people say that they're like oh I'll put all this effort in and I'm actually just quickly trying to see yeah I mean you probably you almost definitely all have heard of Cammy Wilson um the yeah. the sheep game um and yeah. I'm and he put this video up just scanning sheep and uh, he's like he's done this video a million times but it went on to a, a site that uh, said you know this was this was this was horrible you were beating up the sheep and all this sort of thing and that got like five million views and he's like I just sat the camera up and spoke for spoke to the farmer for two seconds 40 seconds yeah. video that's it and then he yeah. puts a lot of time like 14 hours editing in some videos and they just don't do that like it's yeah it's a it's a weird old world <laughs> and I think that's when I realized that and I, I kind of realized that early on that it's the videos that you put no thought into and just kind of do impulse on the impulse or else just like be yourself. They're honestly the ones that do better. So I just started to um, I literally just if I'm doing anything, I could just sit the phone up and take a long recording and then just post it like, you know, I'm, I'm not big into like editing or doing fancy this or fancy that. I pick the top sound that TikTok, you know, puts on it and I select that and crop, add in all the videos for my camera roll and, you know, let TikTok shuffle them or whatever. And I've just realized that the less time I put into doing them, the better they tend to do. So I just tend to just be myself in them. I think being yourself is such an important thing. I mean, with this 
have quite a lot of folk with followings because because followings help because the, the podcast goes further and a lot of folk just say you know and and I think even I say this myself um you can you see some folk you can tell they're trying to be not false but yeah over something that isn't true and it, it just it's so obvious it's so obvious yeah. when you're yeah. being not being yourself is that, that we Molly woken up <laughs> finally <laughs> Um, she go back to sleep again. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I'm sure, but it looks like it won't take her too long. Um, but yeah. no, listen, Katie, it's been really cool to sort of uh, speak to speak to a celebrity, a TikTok celebrity. Of oh course. God, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I first heard of yourself on Carol Devaney's podcast. We mentioned Joanne earlier. Um, yeah, obviously, I'm good friends with Carol, and and I see you repping unit quite often. Um, but. Uh, how long ago was that? When we were on Carol's podcast? That must be some time ago. Oh, God. Um, God, it has to be. Yeah, I can't even remember when that was. Year, I think it could be summer last year, could it not? Was it? I can't remember. Was, was it before? Because he, he actually came down for my birthday in December, and I honestly can't remember. Was it before then or it after was then? Definitely before then. Quite considerably okay. before then. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely yeah. was. So yeah, because yeah. he came down in in December. <laughs> because the time is flying. I thought that was really cool that you'd like your proper ag influencers party. Yeah. That looked class. <laughs> yeah, an, ag, an agri reunion. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. That was so. Cool. Did you know? Yeah. Did you know Carol before this stuff? Or no, no. no. <laughs> so like, I, even that, like the amount of friends I've made out of doing this, and like. You know, thankfully for me, like I've been so welcomed by the majority of the agri community online because sometimes people aren't always as nice as they may appear or come across. But thankfully, I've really found a really nice group of people and everyone's so lovely on it to me. And it's great that I'm able to learn off people, you know, like um, learn different ways of farming I you know even from because that's where I started off was someone who was just a follow like following people and watching stories and things you know and now I'm this person that people follow me so it's kind of funny and it's weird but um definitely the friends I've made are friends I'll have for life so it's lovely I, you know it's 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 amazing actually I mean I'd never really noticed it I mean you've got 130 or whatever thousand followers across everything I think I'm sitting at about seven but you know still I'm sort of still sort of in that thing and and mom yeah. said you've quite a nice little ag community online don't you and I was like oh yeah yeah, and, you know, yeah. I mean like Carol you might know well of, of Cowley Hill Farm Cami I mentioned there Kaz yeah. Farm Vet Films all, all these people I mean I've only mentioned some there but I, I speak to them on the daily now and you know mm-hmm. it's it's and it was really oh, nice I have I have you... group chats with girls and yeah. you know we, we talk about everything we talk, not even like some days we don't even mention anything got to do with the farm but we're just such so, such good friends that we talk about everything in our lives and share everything so that's lovely too I mean like I'm, I'm getting a wee bit like almost sick of the conversations about different mics and cameras because we talk about yeah. that a lot <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. uh, but it's brilliant I mean you've got friends in, in real life and then you've got friends there and then you do start yeah. to meet them that thing in December you did, I thought was great. Um, yeah. We should try to do a massive UK one. That would be fun. I know. <laughs> it would be really cool, actually. Uh, I, I might try and, like, you know, wriggle my way in, pretend I know some of you, but not actually be one of them. But anyway, we'll, we'll get... <laughs> um, 
yeah, no, it's been class to sort of have a chat. Uh, there is two things that we finish. I put about five fingers up there. Two things that we finish um, every podcast with. That was embarrassing. Two things. Uh, two things we finish every podcast with. One of them is um, where, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, you feel free to talk about, you know, uh, what job you'll be doing and maybe even from regards to the farm sort of what your what your aim is or maybe you want to be the next cabbie lane then at 150 mil followers on tiktok uh, and the, the second thing is what would what would your what would your tips be for people coming in coming into industry um so in five years time hopefully i have well i've just gotten my pre-planning for my house approved today this evening just before i came on here so hopefully i'll have my house which would be excellent absolutely fantastic and is, is that I on have, the farm or is that somewhere else yeah yeah it's yeah. on literally the field next door and so Amazing. myself and brother my brother Eamon would be um the ones very involved here in the farm so that'll all be exciting and um I also got news that I am start I applied for a master's in um Cork University there in, in Cork City um so I'm starting that in September. So that's management, management and marketing. And um, so I'm really looking forward to starting that because I was in Kentucky recently and I kind of worked with people who were, you know, one of the girls was the marketing manager of um, Alltech. So that's a big company mm -hmm. would be all over the world, but they're based here in, in Ireland as well. Um, and I just really loved what she was doing because obviously I love, you know, social media I love promoting things. I love marketing. Um, so I was like, why don't I delve into it? So I would like um, a career in that down the line. So hopefully I have something like that. And then I would always like to keep up the social media because I love, um, you know, I, I like to say that um, it's my social media page. It's kind of my life. So I have a bit of everything and I want to bring people along the way and show them, you know, as I get older and get my house and hopefully have a farm and you know things like that so keep people involved as as much as I want it's it's cool to have folk following that process isn't it it's, it's nice yeah, yeah it's, it's it's nice and people yeah, get involved even even myself I love like you know following people from you know I followed people say for say the last five years who would have started off in farming and you know and then they got married and like some of them now their children are like you know toddlers and they're farming or whatever and I just love following the journey so um I would like the opportunity to do that then for other people and you constantly have even you know I have people on to me about um advice for like things got to do with the house or advice things in relation to college or you know I'm doing the green search which is like an agri kind of degree here so people on to me about that so it's great to be able to offer advice to people as much as I can, you know, which is nice. Just just quickly before we get on to the tips question there, uh, Katie, I, you mentioned, I saw you posted about the Masters a couple of weeks ago, I think. Uh, yeah. I remember messaging you saying that's class because uh, well, I did a Masters, but I had two things I was looking at and one was marketing. It's a really interesting field. Um, but could you tell us a little bit about that green cert? Because I've heard about this, but I don't really know much about it. Um, so basically, um, a lot of people who want to get into farming you do the green cert so it's a two-year um yeah two you're in two years in agricultural college um so you're level five and you're level six and um it's basically i because i'm old <laughs> obviously a lot of Not people do when they leave ski people tend to if, if they're just doing farming and nothing else 
they'll go straight from their sixth year leaving cert, finish that, or some of them don't even do the leaving cert, but a lot of them do go straight down to agricultural college. I'm lucky to have one 15 minutes away and they'll do that for two years full time and then they'll get their green cert and they can apply then for their grants and everything and um, like that. So because I'm older and I already have a level eight degree, which I did a few years ago, um, I can do it basically online. And then for like the hands on things or the assess the visual assessments, I just go down to the college, which is very handy because it's so close and do all those practicals then down there. But um, what, it's, it's, what it's that, very good. What was that college's name? Um, Clonakilty Agricultural College. Oh, okay. so it's, we call it, it's in Dara. That's what the locals would call it, Dara right. College. I've, yeah. I've not heard that, but I have heard the first name that I'm not going to say because I'll say it wrong. Clonakilty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I realised I just embarrassed myself. It was, I had um, uh, Saoirse of Life at Bancran Road on. Uh, oh yeah, wife, she's lovely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely lovely. And uh, actually, does a similar job to yourself, slightly different but similar. Um, but she talked about, let me get this right, camogie, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had I had read about camogie. I'd read I'd read about Sersha, and uh, it said camogie, but I just wrote it down quickly, and I asked her about her, her career in camogie, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've just, I just find myself doing this hard to cast 55 in and I still butcher 95% of the words I say. Um, but no, so do you, do you require a green cert to apply for grants then? Do you need some kind of agricultural qualification on a business? You do, I- yeah, you do, yeah. So um, you need, obviously you can't just be anyone applying for a grant for a sheep shed or to own animals. You need your herd number and things like that. So the green cert is just the qualification you have to prove that you are actually a farmer. <laughs> that, that makes sense, in fairness. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, that yeah. used to be the case here. It's, it's not now. I think they're looking at bringing it in. Um, and and the, the thing we have is the apprenticeship, which by the sounds of it is very similar to what, what you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it sounds quite similar. Uh, tips for folk coming into industry. Uh, get out there, get hands on, go to the local farmer, you know, ask us you need help with anything. Everyone always needs help when it comes to lambing season or calving season or, you know, it's, it's all about just asking people and talking to people and, you know, getting in contact with people who you follow, you know, I know I am and I know a lot of my friends would have no problem I, I, on daily replying to messages of people looking for advice or what college did I go to or what's the course like you know it's all about asking people and talking to people and actually getting out there and getting hands-on to make sure it's for you because you know people love this idea of farming but then when it actually comes to it they hate the worker they hate they don't think it's as draining as it is or you know it's completely time-consuming so you need to be you need to know what you're getting yourself into as well so that's definitely about just getting out there and getting stuck in it's a good point about the last part actually you know it's it's not all sunshine and rainbows no <laughs> uh, definitely not actually it's very few sunshines certainly here Scott. <laughs> <laughs> same here yeah maybe like one day and then it's back to the rain I know that's it. I mean, I'm, over the summer, I've been a farm tour guide of all things, uh, a local farm on our, and uh, there was these folk come in. They say, 
God, they're, they're American. They goes in, you know, God, it was wet yesterday. And I was like, you know, that's the first time it's rained on Aaron in four years. <laughs> and they were like, no way. And I was like, I can't keep this up because I'm going to slip up and say, oh, it's soaking yesterday or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not, not the case. Um, but no, very good tips. And I always like to see someone whose five-year plan is sort of similar to what they're doing now, maybe more of or whatever, because it means they're enjoying it. So that is good to hear. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate your time. Um, no problem. Thanks for asking me. God, I feel honoured amongst all these other great people on your podcast. Well, I tell you what, from last week, we had Charlotte Ashley Farms, um, another TikToker who's about 90K, might be 90K yeah, by the time. Yeah, I know her, yeah. Um, and she is proper fangirling over you, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she keeps messaging me, I can't wait to see Katie, I can't wait to see Katie. Uh, so, yeah, um, That's lovely, so but you, she's brilliant as well. I have a good laugh off of her all the time. She is one of the funniest folk on the platform. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Seriously. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. It's been great to chat. Um, always good, always good. Well, we've spoke for, for the best part of an hour there. Um, so it's obviously been an interesting chat. I told you it flew by. Um, I know, my God. <laughs> it really does. And Millie, it really has been the start of the show. Uh, just sitting yeah. there, well, Chilly. very well behaved, almost too behaved, <laughs> uh, worryingly behaved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but for, the, for those of you listening, guys, uh, we have. Uh, next week we got well I mean I always say we've got a very interesting guest or whatever everyone's an interesting guest I've got to stop saying that I've got to maybe get some media training and find more words than interesting Uh, (laughs) but next week we have certainly a different one we have a cranberry farmer coming on to the podcast Um, so we'll see a cranberry farmer from Canada that's not easy Canada Canadian (laughs) good god Um, a Canadian from Canada Actually, I don't know if they're Canadian. They're from Canada. It's a cranberry farm. We'll see you there for Articast 56. Shut up, Wallace. This has been a nightmare. Thank you very much, Katie. It's been a pleasure. And we shall keep in touch. Thank you. Well, that's it. Another R2Cast finished. Another agricultural mind opened up. And I would just like to say that getting these guests on board uh, does take time. uh, And it always has done. But I've now went weekly. And with that comes even more time required. And I would just like to finally thank once more the Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.